let's do this. It is the hump day edition of Blaine and Mickey. Thanks for uh, humping it to your radio or wherever you're listening. So you can hang around with us for the next couple hours. We're on Zone TV. This is not Ding Dong. 99 Problems and Twitch ain't one. No, you can join us there. YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Some people used to call it Periscope. Hey, Lucas, you're young. There's no more Periscope, is there? Didn't that die? It is the artist formerly known as Periscope. Okay, we got it. Somebody needs oh. to scratch. I, I even know that. I'm going to scratch through Periscope oh, on this. Uh, is it, is it finally time for me to sell my stock in Periscope? No. <laughs> <laughs> Bad decision on my part. <laughs> you just loaded up on Periscope. <laughs> Boy, Blaine came in today and told me I got, to, I got a heck of a deal on some Periscope stock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm debating on Peacock now. <laughs> Should I, you know, I saw Notre Dame is now showing their games on there. So maybe it should I buy or should I sell? Because it's just, it's just moving slowly like a turtle, actually. Hey, man, uh, we're about to see the power of the Golden Dome right here. Not because what Blaine's talking about. And, yes, we'll talk about Titans. We'll talk about everything. But if you want to look into your future as a sports media consumer, so Notre Dame and Toledo is not going to be on. Now, no, if they're playing stop Michigan. You, stop that. Talk about Toledo. I'm in the Mac. I know. <laughs> Brett Kern, Toledo, the yeah. king of Toledo. Yeah. I, 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 I'm Sunbelt. Trust me, I, I'm not taking a shot. If they were playing Michigan, no, that rascal would be on NBC. They're opening against Toledo. They're going to stream it on Peacock. Now, you got the TV with the apps, and you can just watch Peacock on your TV. You're some dude living in the sticks. You don't have – what are you going to do if you love Notre Dame? They want to see how well this thing streams. Now, think about this. What – the last, here we go. We didn't, we're unscripted. Yeah. We're just, here like, we go. Like always. Okay. Here we, yes, here we go. <laughs> when the last round of realignment happened and everybody moved up or moved on or went to a different place, they judged everything by the size of the TV market. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, we need a, a foothold in Florida. Let's get this team. Hey, we need Dallas. Let's get North Texas in this. We need Nashville. We can get middle Tennessee and heck, even Western's an hour away. We'll, it was all based on TV markets. So if you were in a non-consequential TV market, like the team from my school, people just moved on without you. Or Muncie, yeah. Muncie, Indiana. Ball State, Arkansas State. Phones weren't ringing because not big TV markets. And there were some other things that went into it, but a lot of it was just to get eyeballs and TV markets. And I remember having somebody on my show at the time. This was years ago. I was doing three hours a day by myself in Arkansas. God help me. And and I was just uh, anyway. Well, I, well, well, I saved you. No. Yes, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yeah, right. That goes back a few years, but yes, the uh, uh, you know the the hand came down and pulled me up out of the pit. But uh, I remember having a TV guy on at the time and asking me. He said, "This is all based on TV eyeballs." And I said, "Look, because North Texas was in the Sun Belt." And I said, "Ain't nobody in Dallas watching North Texas on TV." I'll never get the guy said it doesn't matter. It's for cable subscriptions. It's just how many TV sets with a cable box are tied to them within viewing area of that school. That's the whole thing. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, all right, well, okay. Well, streaming is the thing that keeps getting thrown around now. So Notre Dame is like, okay, let's do this. See how many y'all watch again. It's Like you said, it's on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Let's see how many people watch the Fighting Irish on Peacock against Toledo. Again, no shade on Toledo. It's a game that they're paying, you know, a mil and a half to win. Let's see how many people stream this sucker. This is a fascinating experience, and there's already some of the National College reporters, Blaine, who are kind of framing it that way. Like, this is them showing this is what we can do. So are they are they trying to show this off for the Big Ten to stay in the ACC but maybe compete full time, or is this just or is this just them saying? 
screw it. We'll go alone. We'll, solo. We'll, we'll, At least for a year, just to see yeah. how it looks. Yep. Yeah. They think they got enough time to do it. If not, they're on a, you know, they'll roll by themselves. Uh, you know, and the brand of Notre Dame, we all know, is pretty big. I grew up in Indiana. And I grew up watching Notre Dame football each and every week. Yeah. Not, not IU. Sorry, Buck. <laughs> not, not IU. Not IU. Notre Man. Dame. Notre Dame. No doubt. It rules the state of Indiana for sure when it comes to football. And you think about it. Now, they've competed. They've made the playoff. And then they just get hammered. Every year. Just <laughs> just slaughtered like a roadkill. But younger people, guy who's 20, 25, uh, even 30, and you're listening to the show, you're like, why do you guys talk about Notre Dame like that? Mm-hmm. You just have to understand. It, it's the same guy who's like, why would the SEC get Texas? I don't get it. There's power in certain brands. Yeah. And even if they haven't won big in your lifetime, you're 20, you're 25, I don't, you know, you say, I don't get it. Those brands, they're dominance. And they're, you could take that Longhorn logo anywhere in the world and say, what is this? And somebody go, Texas Longhorns. You could just take a picture of a golden helmet anywhere in the globe. And they would say Cathedral High School. <laughs> <laughs> My high school there in and Indiana. Say, That's where Woody went to school. They, they probably would. <laughs> but then they would say also Notre Dame wears something similar to also, that too. You know, an Olympic champion or, you know, whatever. You Jack know, Doyle of the Colts. Yeah, yeah, Titans no killer hey, Jack yeah, Doyle. Yeah, running the 1500 this year in the Olympics. I think he won. His name is Hawker. It's, it's what? <laughs> is he the Titans kicker? No, 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 no. no. no this guy runs track. Yeah, this guy runs track for Cathedral. Well, my man, my man, Blucker is is no longer a power couple because oh, Blake Hallbill is gone. How well, is Sam Ficken? Is Sam Ficken going to get some, some of us in trouble this fall? Oh, if we combine Ficken, wait, wait, wait. if we combine Ficken and Tucker, name? yes. Who? Ficken. Ficken. Sam Ficken. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't combine that. Freaking ficking. Yeah, I can't combine ficking and Tucker because <laughs> I would be, be off. Oh, the, I'd man. be off the microphone. Yeah, I'm gonna say ficking. <laughs> hey. I will say if he misses, I don't know what'll happen to lose a game. I'm, I'm a, I may kicker. lose it. Yeah, it's like the time I was trying to say Butch, please. Only yeah. I didn't say Butch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would happen to me for sure. For sure. Hey man, well hey, but they, they're doing all right now though. I mean, he what is he? You're there. Are you know? I'm, I'm keeping up with the math. Yes, I'm, analyst. And, and literally, I couldn't count. Earlier, six and eight together. I was, well, like, I was there, and I can't even count, so I, okay. I don't know how many they kicked. So yesterday, all reports said Ficken was six of six, and so was Tucker McCann. So today, per all reports, and I've seen it from multiple people, so I'll just credit it to everybody who was there, Sam Ficken, seven of eight. Ooh. So he's made 13 of 14 in two days. Yeah, he's number four. And Tucker <laughs> McCann has made 12 of 14 in He's two number days. seven. Okay. Yeah, I, I had to identify who which one was kicking. That's why I bring that up uh, because I didn't know who was who since it was my first day. And uh, they actually both looked uh, pretty good. But, you, you know, I guess Ficken was a little bit better. Uh, At least Ficken, Ficken I, I, I wrote this down days ago. I don't have it in front of me anymore. He's kicked in like some games each of the last four years yeah. for somebody. I remember, yeah, he was with the Jets last year. I, remember, yeah. I think they picked him up there late too, but uh, yeah. I'm hoping the kicking won't be an issue and we can kind of move on to maybe, you know, like a guy like Brady Breeze learning how to practice, a la like the hitman. Ooh. He lit somebody up and I was out there and I missed it. What? I'm so mad. Yeah, I got there right after it happened. It sounds like Brady Breeze got kicked out. Like, uh, when did this happen? (laughs) Young safety. 
hitting everything that moves. Does that remind you of anybody? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot I, relate to that guy. <laughs> no, I felt really bad because you know it probably was just a, a ding dong play. You know where he was just you know got there. He didn't go for the ball and he got caught in the moment. And it's I guess they threw him out of practice. He think he hit Dez. I'm not sure. You know I think Dez is okay and everything else. Nobody got injured thankfully. Uh, but you got to learn how to to practice with your teammates without actually uh, potentially hurting not only them. I think it resonated with me when the coach Coach Fishbone said, "We not only don't want you to hurt somebody else, but we don't want you to hurt yourself." Yeah, and uh, yeah. So then I stopped hitting people and going for an interception, and then I land dislocated my shoulder, and then yeah, I hurt myself. See, I would have went for the hit instead of the interception next time I was out there. So I, you know, dislocated shoulder. You learned a valuable lesson. Just keep hitting other people. Yeah, I yeah. did. There's no yeah, reason. I'm better off if I'm a dislocated. I might as well, you know, get a reward there. <laughs> did you do the thing like in Lethal Weapon, where like you ran into a pole or something and knocked it back in? No, I did not. No, <laughs> no, I did not. I, I wish I would have, but uh, no. That 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 was more so uh, at the Senior Bowl when I ran into the pole guarding Quadri. Wait, you tell me you ran faster than you'd ever run in your life. I, I did, yeah. And Quadri said he had never seen me run that fast either. <laughs> he said he just knew he had me. I said, hey man, that was bow legged loose. I got on my horse and I got to riding. I couldn't stop all the way <laughs> into the goalpost. <laughs> and you know what it felt like? It felt like when you're on. You know, I've been on this too. You you have skis on. And you're going down that big boy mountain, and you realize, uh-oh, I have no control. And I, I flew into a tree there, so I just felt like it was the same running to a goalpost at the senior bowl. <laughs> but uh, all jokes aside, I mean, everybody's fine. Brady Breeze will be okay. He'll be back in practice and everything else. But. Mike Vrabel even talked about that after practice, about Brady Breeze hitting Des Fitzpatrick and getting shown the door. Yeah, we just have to be smarter than that. I mean, the ball's in the air. The receiver's on the air. Just – put his shoulder into the guy. I mean, he saw the, the unfortunate situation yesterday in, in Carolina. Um, and, and, and I get it to a certain degree. I do. You know, I get it that guys are, you know, I mean, this is their livelihood, man. These guys are trying to make this team and try to, trying to find a role for themselves and, and stand out. And then it's just very important and very critical that we, that a part of that we learn how to practice. We have to come out here. We have to practice against each other and compete. You know, stay up, stay away from the quarterback. You know, I mean, we're not we're not cutting anybody, and we're not, you know, taking any cheap shots on anybody. So, you know, Brady's a young player. Hopefully, he can learn from it, and and we can learn from from not getting anybody injured, and um, and we can move on. Yeah, that I've told you the first time I, I remember going to NFL practice the first time that pads came on, and all the defensive guys looked like lions with meat getting thrown to them. Mm-hmm. The other thing I remember from going to NFL practices was was everyone yelling, stay up, all the time. Yeah. Everyone yelling. Because I'd never been to a football practice, and I'd been to a lot of college practices. I, I never remember people yelling, stay up, no, stay they, up. They definitely didn't do that in my cop. No. Yeah, no. They, they're saying stay up because they don't want anybody accidentally getting rolled over. You know, And it's also another signal to stop engagement right? immediately. You know, Because you get into the battle, your one-on-one battles, and sometimes you realize, uh-oh, I'm not in a game, I'm in practice. Especially early on with everybody – is excited. Pads are on. You're popping. Uh, now you get to see, hey, I, I, I would have controlled you here. You didn't win this, you know, rep. So all those things going, especially in the trenches. So that's that's where you're trying to control it. When you guys are out in the open field, are skilled guys, you know, you got to know when to let it go. And that's what I would used to hate. That's my issue. So somebody go catch a post route. Oh well, I would have come across and tattooed him right in his neck. 
Meanwhile, I let him catch the ball and just run by him. Mm. And everybody, oh, he caught a great post route on be bizzle for shizzle the hitman. And I go, no, that did not happen. <laughs> that would have never happened. <laughs> right. But that's the whole talk uh, of the next day in the paper about, you know, somebody catching the deep ball on, on Bishop. Like he wouldn't even caught that ball. So that's how you get defensive players what they call now lit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have been lit. And it wouldn't have been from no fish grease. It would have been just so natural. I'm about to show you he wouldn't have caught that ball. <laughs> okay, here we go. Not to be no balls that, caught. That, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. No balls. You got to remember now that a lot of these football players now got a couple loose screws, and a lot of it has to do with <laughs> they are ultimate competitors. And that's why Vrabel said what he said when Breeze hit him. He says, I completely understand, but we can't do that. Because <laughs> he's been there before. He's been there. Every person has been there to the moment where you say, up, stop. You got to stop yourself especially at practice. Rookie on rookie crime right there. Yeah, I so know. It was Dez, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, you know what? Uh, Brady was, Breeze was saying, I was getting you back. You kind of got molded in that first tackling drill the other day. Yep. You know, he kind of slipped, but you got him. So I was just getting you back. I said, we, we stick together. We're all part of this draft class, but you're on offense. I'm on defense. Yeah, Molden, Molden did a thing where he grabbed his foot as it went over his head and tackled him. I hey, saw a video for that. By all means, get him down. Get him down. Yeah. It's like the time the guy hit me so hard he knocked me out and he tripped over my face mask. And when I woke up, they said, you made the tackle. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I, you know what? In the same sense, that same thing happened to me, Mickey, except by Jamal Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> my guy's name was Brian White, not the singer. Oh, I think a lot of people know him. <laughs> a lot of people know Austin Stanley from A to Z Sports. He's been at practice. He's going to give us a lowdown on everything. Maybe even this hit from Breeze on his fellow rookie, Austin Stanley, coming up next on Blaine and Mickey. Somebody cooking? Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Thanks for hanging out with us. Again, check us out on Zone TV, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, not Periscope. I, I scratched that out, so I'll stop saying it, because Blaine just bought big in on Periscope stock. <laughs> and then we broke it to him. Hey, man, that, that, that's not a thing anymore. He's trying to sell it. He spent the break trying to get, uh, I think, Rhett to buy it out in the hallway. Nobody wants to buy So I was telling Lucas in the break, Austin Stanley will be on with us in just a second. I was telling him, Baseball is the one sport that I miss playing the most. I still miss it. We were talking about there's a big zone sounds game thing tonight. A bunch of your favorite zone folks are going to be out there in 3HL broadcasting from uh, from the sounds stadium, from third and home out there. Um, so you can go meet all your all your favorites and hang out. And I said, I still miss baseball. And I haven't been in high school since the 80s. This is the last time I played baseball. And and he goes, oh, but of course, of course, of course. Uh, but ten, a bit, you know. I said, sadly, the one sport that I turned out to be remotely decent at was tennis. My size, fit, mm. you know, just my, I had great balance, not much else. And Lucas was like, oh, yeah, but tennis was real big in rural Arkansas. I'm like, <laughs> Dude, you have no idea how big it was. And you'd be out there. Was it? Oh, my gosh. And you'd be out there playing in a crop duster with, like, finish a field 200 yards away and, like, drop Ordram or Stam or Butrol. Like, you'd leave there with chemicals on you because – it's all in the middle of a farm, just a big bean field or rice oh, field. Well, you had plenty of farmland. I think that's what's done in my growth. Yeah, uh, yeah. I bet. I bet Austin. I, we should ask him what's the last sport he played and when was it? Oh, he's going to say football. Austin Stanley joins us now. A to Z Sports. He's a Brentwood Bruin football player, I believe. Is that right, Austin? You are a a, a recent former high school football player, at Brentwood, correct? 
I mean, define recent. I mean, you're right. About, you know, <laughs> More recent than the two of us. Uh, I mean, I'm 31 now, guys. This was like, uh, I don't know, 13, 14 years ago, almost almost 15 years ago. You can't be 31. You can't be growing up on us like that. What are you talking about? You know, I'm 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 sorry, Mickey. Uh, I'm getting old before all of our uh, eyes. But I did tear my I did tear my ACL playing intramural flag football at Tennessee. So uh, that you know, a full high school career of no injuries, and then blow my <laughs> knee out doing something stupid. Oh, uh, that's my worst fear there, Austin. That that'll happen. So I just stopped all extracurricular activities when it involves other people <laughs> and just not by myself. But uh, yeah, Austin, tell us, man, what would you play? What position? Box safety and some wide receiver, but unfortunately, uh, with some quarterback issues at Tennessee, I was more of an exterior blocker on offense. So not too much uh, going on in the passing game. You know, we got pretty good, pretty good safety in the studio here. Do I need to just kind of let you guys hijack this and compare notes or big hits or something? Uh, you know, I mean, I know how to play the triple option. We played Dixon County. <laughs> I can set the edge pretty well. well I do not know how to play the triple right. option, though, so, so you, you can, can help, help Blaine. Well, then I'll, I'll help. Yeah, I got you there, Blaine. Got you. Um, well, you know, you had to learn to practice against a triple option, so Brady Breeze is having to learn how to practice like an NFL guy. We heard there was a little uh, rookie on rookie crime today that he whacked Dez and got thrown out of practice. Yeah, that's not good, especially with what happened in Carolina, you know, earlier in the week with the, you know, the wide receiver getting hit pretty hard and then going off in an ambulance. And so I guess it's tough because right now I don't see a roster spot for Brady Breeze. And so he's going to have to try to go out there and do everything he can to get noticed. And unfortunately, doing what he did today is getting noticed the wrong way. Um, so I always say, like in practice, if you're a defensive back, sometimes it's good to just not be noticed. That means you're not getting burnt, but you're also not making plays. But uh, Brady Breeze today, that's definitely uh, one of the first times that Brady Breeze's name has been mentioned at Titans practice and for the wrong reasons. Austin Stanley joining us from A to Z Sports and uh, talking all things Titans here on Blaine and Mickey. Well, generally, I, I was there, Austin, at practice today, but I didn't see a lot, really. I guess give us your overview on, on what you saw, specifically, you know, the quarterback and now your second day in pads is some guys now starting to stand out or some guys kind of, you know, going to the back shadows. Uh, what what have you seen thus far? Well, to, I missed that play today. I did too. Um, I did not mm-hmm. see that one. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, maybe if it wasn't much of anything, maybe it's just Mike Vrabel setting a standard. That's the the closest opportunity he had to seeing something that might have been bang-bang or, or a little bit too close uh, to kind of send a message throughout the roster. Uh, for that, but um, yeah, I mean, overall, I feel like the defense has looked really good the last couple of days, especially the, the defensive line with Simmons, Autry, and then Tier Tart has really shown up a lot over the last week of training camp. And I like how the front the front defensive line is coming together. I've been impressed by John Simon, outside linebacker the Titans signed just a couple of weeks ago. He's made some plays in coverage. Uh, and as well as getting after the passer. So the defense seems to be shaping up pretty nicely, especially in the front seven. Even with Bud Dupree and Harold, Lim- Harold Landry not really doing anything. Mm. What have you seen out of Archery, though? He seems to be causing havoc as well as Simmons, too. But, man, he, he seems to be a great addition. Oh, no doubt. I, I, I graded the Danico Archery signing as an A-plus free agent signing, not for – and bringing in this massive contract, but a position of need 
a veteran player who is proven and productive that brings versatility and sets a standard uh, in that position group. And I think Danico Autry, especially being a former Colt, he's got some extra motivation uh, too as well playing in the same division. But he's been as, as advertised. He's big, long, and being next to Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, you know, it, he's different than the guys that Simmons played next to in the past uh, because Daquan Jones was a great player, but he was a nose tackle, and they were paying him $7 million a year. Uh, and so now they're paying Autry around the same dollar figure, but he can do so many more things when it comes to the run, the pass. He can kick outside uh, in some 4-3 situations or kick inside in some third down where you only want two down linemen on the field. So uh, I think he's a good glue piece, and he's somebody who's going to give them extra penetration up front uh, in several different ways. We're going on the other side of the ball. Actually, everybody's been talking about Tannehill and the five picks. I didn't see him throw a pick today. But uh, what do you think of his play thus far in camp compared to past camps? Really? Well, yeah, and I guess he's thrown five interceptions in camp so far in the first week. And the good thing is that he's been throwing them to starters. <laughs> At least he's not throwing them to <laughs> practice squad guys. That Amani Hooker's got two. Jack Rabbit has two, and then Christian Fulton had one on Monday. But to be honest, Christian Fulton could have had three that day, and he just couldn't hang on to the second two, all on Tannehill. Uh, so, you know, he's had his moments. He might have been shaky a couple days uh, here and there, but uh, I, I do know yesterday he was a lot more solid in, uh, in his accuracy and, and overall. But I'm not too worried about Tannehill. Uh, you know, if anything – you know, have him try to test his wide receivers and tre- test his DBs that he's practicing against to, to go make a play on the ball this early on in camp. If this continues once they get closer to the season, then maybe it becomes worrisome, but I'm not too worried about it. And I, I guess lastly for me, uh, what about Christian Fulton? It seems like he's kind of progressing like he did at the end of the season where he started to show flashes, and now it seems like he's – Kind of settling in. What do you think about his play? I mean, Christian Fulton looks like a player that you can feel very comfortable in uh, playing well on the outside. And it's crazy that Caleb Farley is already back on the field dealing with his injury, which is a great thing. Jackrabbit Jenkins has looked really good out there as an upgrade over what Malcolm Butler gave you. And, you know, Mike Vrabel's talked about Christian Fulton and his growth a lot already in training camp just one weekend. He singled him out uh, in, a, in, a, in an answer, I believe, on the first day about how much he's improved over the offseason. Uh, and then he talked about the interception that Fulton had in practice well, was on a route he got burned by earlier in, in the week and then came back and picked it off the next time he saw it. Uh, and then Christian Fulton talked about today after practice of you know immediately after that Ravens playoff loss, and he was on the sideline for most of it. He didn't want to go through that again, so he worked hard. And you can tell that he's he's worked really hard in the off season. And you know, I think Titans fans need to be excited what they have with Jenkins and then the two young corners with with Fulton and Farley, and what those guys can build into. Well, with uh, co-creator of A to Z Sports, Austin Stanley. Yeah, joining us on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Um, it, it's interesting because you brought up Farley. You know, we're all just kind of holding our breath. There were some teams that said we're not going to draft that guy, and the Titans do draft him. He was the best available player, and you're just thinking, gosh, what if they can get, you know, what if they can get this guy? What if he's healthy? When's that going to happen? Well, he comes off the, what, non-football injury list, and he practiced. Then he practiced again. Then he practiced right again today. 
Now, that doesn't mean he's ready to play in the rigors of an NFL football game, Austin, but that's a, an unbelievably good sign. Oh, yeah. August 2nd was his first practice. That's killer. And he's done a little bit more each and every day. Uh, today they had him out there um, practicing and going through some, you know, they're not, they weren't walk-through drills where they definitely weren't full speed with some wide receiver and tight end uh, route tree combinations with some coverage. Uh, but he, he went through that, so you get to see him actually shadow and cover a wide receiver for really the first time, uh, which was good. And then, you know, he he looks different than any other corner I've seen wearing a Titans helmet. And Blaine, I know you've been around a really, really good corners in this organization. Nobody looks like Caleb Farley. Like yeah, people no can say, oh, that corner looks like a safety. No, he looks like a he looks like a wide receiver that can move like a corner so far from what we've seen. It's been three practices where he hasn't really done much, but physically he just looks different. Mm -hmm. All right, we're talking about defensive guys. Let's talk about the defensive coordinator. Every time Shane Bowen speaks, <laughs> I, I feel like Austin when it's over, I'm like, so wait a second. So who was in charge last year? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. I, I always yeah. feel like I, I'm a little kid and I'm being held upside down by my feet and just and just shaking and like all the money's coming out of my pockets. Like I have no idea what up or down is. Curious to get your takeaways from once again another round of talking with Shane Bowen and people getting into what he did last year versus this year. Yeah, or, or what he wasn't doing last year because he wasn't the defensive coordinator in title, but he had to do the play calling job on game day. But he was the outside linebackers coach throughout the week. Yeah. And so, like, if you can't leave your outside linebackers to go hang out with the D, the D line or all the other position groups, how are you going to be able to understand their abilities to do the job on game day? It, it made ne zero sense to me last year of how they set that up, and they set Shane Bowen up for failure. And I actually feel pretty confident after listening to him talk yesterday that, you know, he at least deserves, at the very least, deserves this opportunity to do the actual job the right way and we'll see what happens like we still don't know if he's a good play caller in the game but at least he gets the chance to do the d coordinator role uh throughout the week going in the meeting rooms uh going around touching all, all the different position groups in practice and helping them with that communication where they were missing out so much last year austin stanley joins us you can follow him on twitter and you want to do that at austin stanley a 81 at Austin Stanley, 81, A to Z Sports, Nashville, hanging out with Blaine and me. Well, Austin, coming into this season, regardless of what happened last season, let's pick two breakout players, one from offense and one from defense that you think are going to have better years. And I'm not talking about, like, you know, Pro Bowl, but their role will be increased for whatever reason. I can only do one offense, one defense? Yep, only one. Ooh, well, if wow. you want to give a couple, yes. okay. All right. go ahead. All right, defensively, a lot of people are talking about Imani Hooker, so that's more he's more obvious because he, of the position he plays right. and you can see him out there doing more. So I'm going to go on defense. I'm going to go Tier Tart. I think Tier Tart is the perfect player to be the nose tackle in this defense. He's cheap as an undrafted free agent from a year ago. He's cheap, he's explosive, he works hard, and he looks so much different than he did a year ago. On offense, you know, Racing McMath is so infatuating mm. just because, and I don't think he's going to be a breakout star, but I, I right. just feel like Racing McMath is always doing something on practice fields 
that make the media stand there watching, look around, and be like, yeah, you know, I mean, he does a lot of things pretty pretty well. Like they did, they did like one on one open field tackle drills uh, yesterday, and they had Racing McMath doing that on defense. And so they're getting him geared up to play a lot of special teams, then seeing how he can develop as a wide receiver. But the guy's huge physically. He's fast and explosive. It's just can he get all the nuances done down uh, to play the wide receiver position? So maybe not a breakout star, but he's somebody that everybody seems to find something about every day to talk about. Man. Yeah, well, I know you weren't trying to slight anyone, but does that kind of slight this, the draft pick? It was fourth round that they moved. Um, I don't think so. I, you know, Racy's just physically more impressive of a, of an athlete, and so he stands out more. And you know, Titans fans always fall in love with a late round draft pick wide receiver every year, and the guy never does anything. But yeah. Racy McMath is <laughs> Racy McMath is not Trey McBride. He's more gifted. He's not Michael Preston of the past. He's not any of those guys. Um, but you know, Des Fitzpatrick, I think is a way more polished actual wide receiver. Well, Racy is an athlete who needs a lot of development at the position, but you just cannot ignore the upside the guy has. What will be, you think, the biggest issue for the Tennessee Titans this upcoming season that will keep them from being the best team they can be, which would be a Super Bowl contending, Super Bowl winning team? Oh, man. Um don't, you know, don't kicker. say the kicker game. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kicker, I guess, right? Uh, I right know now. nothing about kicking, but I'm sure you know a lot more about kicking than I do. All I can do is look at who's making them go through the goalposts and who is not. So now that they've had two kickers out here for the last couple of days, uh, what, what are your thoughts on the kicking game? Uh, Tucker McCann has, has been more consistent than Heibel from Ohio State, which is why he got cut. Yeah. Uh, Sam Ficken, everybody has a buddy on the golf course who weighs like a buck <laughs> sixty, but can just rip it 330 down the fairway. And you're like, how do you have that length? Sam Ficken looks like that buddy. He's a tiny guy, but his, the ball just shoots off his foot. And so his, his field goals look better going through than Tucker McCann's look at this point. So I think Sam Ficken was a good waiver ad earlier this week, and I think he, he has a legitimate opportunity. Now, they like Tucker McCann a lot, but um, Sam Ficken, I feel better about him than I, than I did about the whole position a week ago. Well, with Austin Stanley, co-creator of A to Z Sports. All right, uh, Tennessee hitting the, the practice field today, the Vols for the first time. I, I wanted to ask you this because I, I know you guys at A to Z certainly cover Tennessee and the SEC and do a great job. So I wanted to sneak in a Tennessee question or two before we let you go. you got to go to Vegas right now with a wad of Blaine Bishop's hard-earned cash, mm. and you have to lay it down on who the quarterback starter is. And, I, and I'll say this because what was the quote from – Hypo yesterday, Austin, they want to find the guy within X number of days or whatever. And then I saw an right. Orlando TV reporter had said, he's just saying that. He's not in a hurry. Trust us. He is not going to name a starter anytime soon. you got to put Blaine's money down. Starting quarterback week one, who is it? I think, I think he brought in Joe Milton from Michigan for a reason, and I think he's going to give uh, Joe Milton every opportunity to win the job. And – 
because uh, he because he came in after spring ball, so he he got to watch Hendon Hooker and Harrison Bailey and Mauer go through spring ball, and he was like, ah, let's let's bring this this big freak of nature. He's like six five, two forty, uh, into play quarterback too, and so that would be my guess is that Joe Milton is going to be the guy September second, right again on that Thursday night to open the season up. That's that's where I would place my money, and, and based off of some conversations I had with some Tennessee beat reporters. Uh, at SEC Media Days a couple weeks ago, they kind of feel the same way. Art, I know you graduated from UT, and I haven't had a chance to tell you my theory yet, so you're the, you're the perfect guy to bounce this off of. Josh Heupel this year needs to be Lane Kiffin from last year because I went and looked. Ole Miss was number one in total offense, and they were last in total defense. They won half their games, and nobody even talked about the defense. They were exciting to watch, and they kind of eased themselves back into competitive stature so if the offense is explosive enough that nobody pays attention to the defense and they win half their games, is that a successful season? I would say yes. Absolutely. Nikki, do you realize they scored three touchdowns in a game twice last year? And in both of those games, they scored a defensive touchdown? So they didn't even have a game where they scored, I guess, Vanderbilt, which I don't really count that because Vandy had like 30 guys out there on scholarship. But like they, they, they could not score touchdowns on offense. So if they can average you know, over 30 points a game, then that's an absolute win. The record is going to be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, if he can be Lane Kiffin from a year ago, you take that in a hurry because Ole Miss has a ton of hype coming into this year and thinking they can put some points on some people again and try to improve the defense a little bit. But, you know, that six wins is, is the, the mark where you can't really tell if Heupel can get there or not. And I think the game against Pitt the second week is, a, is really that swing game of can you get the six or not. Mm-hmm. All right, bonus question since you mentioned six doesn't tell you much about Heupel on the way out. Is Heupel going to be like a long-term guy who gets them back to prominence, or do you think maybe he's the guy that gets them, like Malarkey was, where he gets them back to sea level and then the next guy launches them from there? Well, the smart thing Josh Heupel's agent did is they made his contract where they can't really fire him for like the next – he's going to be there at least four years because of his contract because of how they worked in the, the deal with the sanctions and whatever happens with the investigation. So – you're riding with him until at least like 2024, um, and so you know, can he get to eight wins? Like that's that's kind of my benchmark. Is like what's how quickly can he have eight wins in a season, uh, and then can he get past that barrier where Butch Jones really struggled to get past the eight and four regular season uh, to break through? So I don't know. I mean, I can't really tell. I mean, he seems like a normal guy which I don't know if that's a good thing because, you know, you have to have a little psychopath in you to be a coach at this level. And can he handle the pressure as a normal type of person uh, at a place like Tennessee where everybody's watching? Well, it's going to be fascinating to watch. And like you said, he's got some time to do whatever he's going to do. So, uh, Austin, we appreciate the time. At Austin Stanley, 81, 80, uh, A to Z Sports Nashville. People need to follow you guys and keep up with uh, all your great content there, man. We appreciate the time. We'll talk to you again soon. Keep up the great work, man. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate See it. See you later. Yes, sir. Austin Stanley. All right, let's get into this. ESPN is doing this thing where they're taking a division of every conference or a specific conference every day, and they're going through each team and how many wins they think they'll have. They're doing like the thing where they simulate the two teams oh. and all this. Tennessee fans, 
What did they say about you? Your for sure wins, your uh, borderline, or what if toss-up games? They've got all this laid out. We'll share that with you next. It's Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. I need some help from the Blaine and Mickey listeners. So if you're if you're weighing in or you want to call the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, you want to tweet us at Blaine and Mickey, you want to tweet Blaine at bbishop23 or me at Mickey Ryan 104.5, every, at the end of every summer, my daughter and I, before school starts, we go and we hike to a waterfall. Oh. Sometimes not too far. Like, we're not trying to go 12 miles. So, like, Lucas Panzeca. I was in a cave just the other day. I was wondering if I was going to be able to follow you guys. Yeah, we, we saw Rock City. Oh, man. Well, now, where is that? Uh, Lookout Mountain, which is not even in Tennessee. It's in Georgia. I never knew that. Lookout Mountain is that? There's a Lookout Mountain hike in Chattanooga, right? You you were in Chattanooga, but when you go up the hill, right? You're in Georgia, across the border. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and I it doesn't. It. It's like not a sign. It says now entering Georgia. No, 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 sir. You're. It's in Lookout Mountain, Georgia. Well, you can't go wrong there. I, I kind of wanted to be. You made me feel like, oh, I want to do that. If you don't like heights, don't go heights. Because you start driving beside the mountain, and my son's like, Dad, look, you can't see the ground over there. Oh, I would pass out and faint. Okay, you have to drive up and down the mountain and look, and you can't see the ground. You're so high. Uh, that's probably not my cup of tea then. Then you get up the top, and you're, and we kept saying, like, what do we do? And they're like, just get in the line and go. I get but, lightheaded just looking at pictures. Okay. You just hike through these crevices, and they made a floor for it, like a floor for yeah, every miles like of crevices. It out, right? Yeah. Tile floors that they made. And you just go through these, and you're just in a line, and then you go over like a swinging bridge. My son was hysterical. A swinging, br- uh, swinging bridge. No, that's the, definitely not. I can't over do like, hello, hello, hello. You go over a bridge, swinging bridge. So we go over a swinging bridge. My son's like, I don't like this. I don't like this. They got everything attached, correct? Yeah. yeah you didn't attached. tell me that part. It's attached, but it's still swinging over I'm like. Talking a- about you're attached to. No, no, you're not attached. What? You're just holding on to the side. No. Over a gorge. No. Yeah. No, well, that that's a no-no. So <laughs> so we did do that, and there's one spot where you go, you can see seven states. And my son was super mad. He's six. We're like, why are you mad? He goes, I can't even see Nashville from here. <laughs> like, you ding-dong, you're not up here to see Nashville. <laughs> but you can see seven states. But he was extremely upset. So if you're expecting to see Nashville, you won't. So we saw Rock City. But every year we go, and so I was asking Lucas, and Lucas like, you should go to Big Virgin Falls. Falls. And I'm like, okay. So I look it up. It's like a nine-mile hike to the waterfall. Nine miles? we're like a dad and a 15-year-old girl. You you hike nine miles? We're not wilderness explorers, Lucas. Lucas? What? You took a helicopter up there. What, Virgin Falls? We can't hike hike like nine miles to the falls. We don't have time to make an 18-mile round trip. It's a beautiful hike. (laughs) Did you do it all in one setting, or did you spend the night somewhere and then hike the other four? No, we, we, well, we hiked, like, you can hike straight from the parking lot, but we hiked two miles to the campsite, set up, and then did the whole Virgin Falls hike the day of, and then came back, camped out, and went, this was like a month ago. Right, right, right. I mean, I saw the pictures, yeah. Yeah, it's a okay. gorgeous hike. It's awesome. There's like little natural pools on the way that you can take a dip in, cool off. Okay. So, uh-oh, that, that doesn't sound more family-ish, like kids. <laughs> do you, you, I mean, I'm just, I could be wrong. Do you think like a five-year, six-year-old could do it? That was not exactly with family. Now, he won't be on the trip. I, I know, you You were like with, you know, it's lady just Mickey friends, and his daughter. you yes. and your... You know, you and your your friends there, right. you know, we're trying to make a, a big fun deal. 
For the ladies to get a little scared from the bears at night in the tent. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they snuggle up closer. You know, Mickey's trying to hike up with a six-year-old. An, well, no six-year-old, just my oh, daughter and me. So oh, it's just, just a, a nice day together. We do this every year. So you can hit us in this chat, however you're watching, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You can tweet us. If you're my Facebook friend, send me something on Facebook. Put it on my wall. But I'm trying to take suggestions of which thing we should go see. So we've been to. Um, so this is a tradition. We do it every you year. And you and your daughter, right? So we did Old Fort State Park, which is in Manchester, and then there's another waterfall. I can't remember the name of it. It's on people's property, but you can just go and see it. They they don't oh. care. Oh, they. So don't we saw know. two in Manchester. I'll just hang out there then. And then last we did for a little while. So then last year we went to. Oh gosh, uh, I knew I couldn't remember when I was. We went to another one last year, Table Rock. Uh, not Table Rock. Um, Where is it located? I don't remember. I'll have to remember. I'll look it up in the well, book. Actually, it brings up a thought of what are some of your traditional things you do with your family every year or once every other year or so that uh, you consider, you know, pretty cool. Traditional deal that you kind of fell into when you started doing doing it. Uh, well, and we just kind of fell into this because everybody kept saying, we were like, we want to just go do something for a day. And people said, go see a waterfall. They're everywhere around here. Mm. And they are. They're everywhere. So, again. Anything you can let us know, you can call in 615-737-1045, Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Just help me out here trying to make a final decision, so I'm open for all suggestions on that. Uh, We said we would hit these vol win totals. So here you go. ESPN Plus, they're doing this thing where they break down a division of a conference every day or a whole conference. Mm -hmm. They got Tennessee, their projected wins, 6.7. I mean, if you roll that up, that's seven wins. Oh, oh, I mean, I, I round I, up. I, I've said a long time ago that six is, is feasible. Just if you look at the schedule, and, and that's, uh, you know, taking in coaching change, uh, you know, violations, doesn't really matter. You know, changing the guard, all the transfers, transfers in, transfers out. I, I just think they have, I mean, it's the brand of Tennessee. They they have a winnable schedule here. I mean, Okay, look, and we you say six, seven. I mean, to me, that's not nothing really. I think it's a question of when they get to eight, and then can they get to ten, and can they maintain it? That's yep. when the question you really get to see if Hypel's the guy. This year, I think they can. I mean, Bowling Green win, Pittsburgh they should win, but Pittsburgh is a really good team, so don't don't look past them. Tennessee Tech, so that's three. Florida, no. Missouri, you hope, but it's at Missouri. South Carolina, yes. Ole Miss, coin toss, but it's at home. At Alabama, at Kentucky, uh, revenge factor. Let's see what you can do. It's at Kentucky. Georgia, then South Alabama and Vanderbilt. I mean, I can actually see five wins without even blinking. Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech, uh, you know, South Alabama, Vandy, and then you got Kentucky, Ole Miss, and Mizzou that you got to try to fight for. So, I mean, you should, you could actually could get seven if things go go right for you. Sure. With the quarterback in to stand healthy, critical positions. Yeah, I think they can. All right, there's this is what, and I know Lucas is going to start giving us hand signals, telling us to take the break. Likely wins Tennessee Tech, Bowling Green, South Alabama, yep. Vanderbilt, and South Carolina. There's your five right, right there. there Likely five. wins. Yep. And this is mm-hmm. this is the way they're, they're, this isn't like people just guessing. This is them simulating Kentucky, the game. Kentucky, Missouri, and Ole Miss. So they got relative toss ups Pittsburgh, Missouri. Kentucky, Ole Miss, that's the toss-up. So 
Let's say you split. You got seven right seven there. Seven wins right there. Yeah. And then the uh, likely losses, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, the big three. I, I think we could coach them to six wins right now. Me, you, and Lucas. Watch his r- running hypo's offense. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let him run the offense. We will uh, we'll run the Gatorade distribution system. All right, Sam from Manchester has a suggestion for me. Sam, we got to take a break. It's a short one. Hold on. We'll come back to you. Again, my daughter and I were looking for a great Tennessee waterfall. Uh, Mark says Cumberland State Park. We're getting uh, getting some suggestions here as well on Zone TV. So hit me up. Let me know. You can tweet us to hour number two yeah, coming up. going tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, because he won't be here. And if I'm not here, then you know I'm with him. That's right. We're going to take the hit man too. Uh, Lucas is going to handle it. We'll figure it out. Uh, hour number two coming up.